0: Time.
1: Are you ready? This moment,
0: So I'm gonna take his soul.
1: We ready.
0: It ain't no doggone tomorrow, fellas. We
1: ready for y'all.
0: I want to see how bad he wants to play. We ready.
2: What's everybody? Welcome into the Philly Experience Podcast. My name is Max Kretzel, joined by Tanner Gilmartin and Tyra Hood. It feels like an eternity since we've been back with you guys, but yeah. uh, or since we've been with you guys, but it's great to be back, I should say. Um, a lot of, uh, I should say, a sense of urgency. Just with the school year coming back, he's still rocking his job at WIP. Man. I mean, it feels a lot. It feels like we got to pick up the intensity, pick up the pace, a lot to get to, a lot to cover. It's since ridiculous. We've been, you know, here with you guys. On the podcast, and of course, so much has happened with the Eagles, Sixers, and the Ben Simmons rumors continue to swirl. We're seeing a bunch of videos. I'm sure you guys want to get into that and uh, touch on the Phillies, who at one point look like they're in first place, and you know, not pulling away, but you know, with a sturdy lead, you know, two and a half, two games up on the Atlanta Braves and New York Mets. All of a sudden, they go to Arizona, they drop three straight to the worst team in baseball, and then go to San Diego and take two out of three from the Padres. So. Who knows with this team? They're back and forth all the time. And I know we're going to start with the Eagles. That's a subject we got to get to a little bit later on. But to kick off with with the birds and talk about Jalen Hurts specifically, the Eagles, the whole team, the preseason, Jalen Hurts having the stomach virus. A lot of people are back. I mean, I've heard a lot of people say, I've heard a lot of people really say, uh, you know, you can't really blame the guy. You know, sometimes you you just can't go out there. You can't perform. Other people are saying he needs the reps to really being aggressive with it. He should have been out there understand both sides of the argument but at the end of the day if you're sick you're sick you can't play right when you're, you first <laughs> realized jalen hurts was not gonna play and then you found out that he he went to the hospital for it i'm assuming that kind of you know eased your your nerves a little bit about uh, the situation
0: oh i was scared uh scared the hell out of me when i found out he was going to the hospital I'm like, all right well what the hell's going on is he all right is he cool just to find out he had a stomach virus all right cool here's the thing people and you know what I, I've been hearing since I got back from vacation and since I've, you know, been taking phone calls or whatnot, it seems as though there's like a split in the city between whether or not Jalen Hurts need to be playing this upcoming Friday against the Jets or he doesn't need to be playing against the Jets. Look here. Here's the thing. People, it's preseason. The games don't count. It don't freaking matter. Okay, it, it does not matter whether or not he plays this Friday or not. It truly doesn't because they're... Look at look at the way the Eagles are handling him, first off. Alright, they're handling him as if they are, as if he is their franchise quarterback. All right. So with all that being said, you take care of your franchise quarterback. You take care of your franchise guys. Alright, for the most part on Friday, you're not gonna see all right the main guys. You're not gonna see Lane Johnson out there. You're not gonna see Brandon Books, Jason Kelsey, you're not gonna see Brandon Graham, Fletcher Cox, you're not gonna see Darius Slay, the main guys. You're not gonna see that this Friday. What you are going to see most likely, you're going to see the backups. You're going to see the third stringers. You're going to see the fourth stringers. You're going to see all those guys fighting for a spot for on the team. Alright? And that's perfectly fine with me. That is perfectly fine. I understand. Look, what, what benefit does Jalen Hurts have or any of these starters have to playing in this last game potentially getting hurt? Alright? Yes, freak things happen and you know, he, any one of these guys can get injured on a, on a freak play, on non-contact play. But that's the thing. If anything, I need these guys healthy for the season, period, point blank. This is, we've, been, we've been pretty good with injuries, all right, during the preseason. We really haven't had any major injuries that, that impacted the roster. So with all that being said, it, it really doesn't matter. Jalen Hurts, I don't care if he gets reps during preseason. I don't care. I really don't. It it really does not matter to me. All right, we just need to get to the regular season and keep him healthy to the regular season. Period.
1: Yeah, T. I was in agreement with you until that last thing you said. You don't care if if he gets reps in the preseason. That's where I'm going to disagree with you because it's very important for him to get this experience in the preseason um, out there with the starters. Whether it's just for one quarter, Uh, you want to make sure that. that your QB one is as comfortable as possible when he's on that field. And especially when you're playing at the link, um, that energy is just different. You want to make sure now, of course he's played games. He's played games for the Eagles before that's obvious, but this time he is the actual starting quarterback. You want to make sure that the newly drafted Smith is comfortable with his quarterback as well. Now this is coming from a guy who, I have season tickets for the Eagles and I was at that preseason game against the Patriots and how just terrible that game was when the game first started and it was announced that Joe Flacco was under center. The, the first offensive snap for the Eagles, uh, the whole crowd the stadium just, it was just a sigh. They wanted to see Jalen hurts out there. They want to see um, what, what, what he can do. And for Joe Flacco to do what he did um just for how long he was in there, we know that this guy can't seriously be competing for um, the starting quarterback. Cause that guy doesn't stars. know what the hell he's doing. This team is in deep, deep trouble Um if that's the case though. But T I'm, I'm with you in effect that I'm fully supporting Jalen hurts right now. Um, I think that he's going to be a great quarterback, no matter what team he is for. It seems like the uh, the rumors have died down for the Sean Watson. But I know there's still some cooking up. Um, but right now, we just need to focus on who we have right now. And that's Jalen Hurts. He had a stomach infection. Um, I know as soon as you hear that someone is sick these days, you you assume that it's covid related. But thankfully, that was not the case. And I'm hoping Jalen Hurts comes back this season and really proves to the fan base and the league that he can be a starting quarterback.
0: I mean, look, in terms of reps for, you know, Jalen Hurts and getting that connection with Devontae Smith. I mean, look, I'm not going to, I'm not going to say that's not important, but the way they've been approaching practice, the way they've been approaching these joint practices, that's where they're, that's where they're building their chemistry. They're building their chemistry through practice. And me personally, I don't have an issue with that. Look, Man, look, I understand live action is live action, but the way, from what I hear, they've been simulating these practices, almost treating it as live game experience. I think, uh, for the most part, I, I, you can really kind of get away with these guys not, not playing in the preseason game. You, you just can I'm sorry. I, I just don't see the point of playing these guys in the preseason. I don't. All right? Eventually, it's going to come to a point where the NFL is just going to eliminate the preseason all off.
2: I don't think that'll ever be the case T They make too much money on the preseason games, and you have to buy the tickets if you want to be a season ticket member. You know, Tanner knows that, so that's how they get you with the preseason games. But for me, I think we all support Jalen Hurts. I'm not bashing Jalen Hurts. I'm not a Jalen Hurts believer. It doesn't make me a bad person. I just think that he's not an NFL-caliber quarterback, and I think we're all going to learn that relatively quickly. Not all because of his fault. It's not all on him, but I think it's because of the team surrounding him. One thing goes wrong with this offensive line injury-wise, and we're pretty much screwed. Defense has been suspect, I think, will be better than last year. But the defensive line is clearly still our strength. Um, as far as the preseason goes to, at this point, with the last preseason game coming up, I still would like to see Jalen Hurts out there as a fan. I don't know, or I don't think that he will be. Um, I think he should be, based on the fact that he just missed a previous game. And he's still, I mean, not a rookie, but almost a rookie in a way. I know he's played football games, like Tanner mentioned before. Um, but at the end of the day, I think when you saw Devontae Smith step on the football field, Uh, You you saw all you needed to see. The route running skills, I mean, this guy is the real deal, in my opinion. I knew that coming out of Alabama. That's why I wanted the Eagles to grab him if he was available. Luckily, they did. I think he's going to be the real deal. Jalen Rager is another guy who we'll see. We saw a couple of flashes uh, on Twitter with the catch that he made against the Patriots in the joint practice. But for me, when it comes back to Jalen Hurts, I think he had a pretty poor camp from based off what I can. I mean, I'm not there, but what I'm seeing the reporters say, he's gotten progressively better, I think as the training camp and everything like that has gone on through the summer, the joint practices clearly should help. It gives them a little bit more competition and the Eagles obviously are going to go up to the Meadowlands and take on the jets in the joint practice later this week. Um, so I think that all in all will help the team. And then obviously they play them on Friday night and we'll see who's out there. But again, I think all in all, I personally would like to see Hertz play. I don't need to see the offensive line play. I know what Lane Johnson can do. Um, but at the end of the day, I just, it, as, as a fan, of course you want to see, hurts out there now max
0: but, now max um yeah. l- l- listen to what you just said listen to what you just said real quick now don't get me wrong that like, you you said that you don't want to see the offensive line play that's fine you so you don't need to see lane johnson brandon Brooks, james kelsey not and and all those guys you, you you're comfortable knowing that those guys are going to go out there for the regular season and they're going to perform all right here's the issue though you sit those guys down and you play Jalen Hurts. You're putting Jalen Hurts behind a second-team offensive line. And I think we've seen what this second-team offensive line looks like. Do you really want to risk that?
2: No. That's fair. point. Personally, with, with from, from my standpoint, and I think this just comes back to the fact that you might be higher on Jalen Hurts than I am. The, where I can agree with you with that is, and and why I do hesitate to say I want to see Hertz play is the fact that our backup quarterback is basically next to useless. All right, if there was, if there was, if Hertz was playing poorly in training camp throughout, and it was something like wow, this guy might not even start, um, almost like a Cam Newton, Mac Jones type of QB battle where you really don't know who the clear cut guy is going to be, then it would be a different story. Then I would say, you know what, Hertz, fine, get out there and and see what you can do. I understand where you're coming from, where you know Hertz is a locked-in starter. I, I understand that completely. But I don't know. I think Jalen Hurts going into this season, I'm not sold on him as the franchise guy. I hope you guys aren't either. I hope you guys need to see more. I don't know if it's just me or not. I believe in him. I want to. I I, I you know, put my faith in him to want to see him succeed. Um, but at the end of the day, if my guts tell me if I had to pick, is this guy going to be our franchise guy for the next three, four, five years down the road? I just don't see it.
0: Don't get me wrong. I, yeah. I, I'm, I'm, Hold on. Uh, real quick, Tanner. Um, I, I'm not going to say I'm, I'm 100% fully committed to saying that Jalen Hurts is the franchise quarterback, and I'm backing him 1,000% moving forward. I'm not saying that, but I am treating him as if he is my franchise quarterback because out of all the quarterbacks that are currently on the roster, he's the best one that we got. You guys seen what Joe Flacco looked like. You guys seen what Nick Mullins looked like. So look, yeah, it, it, he's the best quarterback on the damn roster, and he's the best chance for this season actually being any kind of a decent season. So listen, you guys better be. You guys get better get comfortable seeing that number one jersey on the field.
1: And I hope we do get comfortable with that, T. I can comfortably say that I'm a fan of Jalen Hurts, and uh, I think that he can succeed. But I still do need to see what he can do now that he is the guy in Philadelphia. Um, It's probably going to take maybe three weeks um, until we really are sure whether or not. And then still, I mean, we could still not know. After that, but for me, I think that the only reason Jalen Hurts should play in this third preseason game is because he didn't play. If he played um, a quarter in the last preseason game, then I would understand not playing him at all, um, not playing any of the starting linemen. But you have to see what he has. Still, I mean, we keep talking about how he's played already for the Eagles, but that's a different, different situation. Um, I, I just want to see, as a fan too. I just want to see him out there. Um, I, I want to feel a little more comfortable going into opening up the season uh, for the Eagles, and that, that's just my thoughts.
0: Now, of course,
2: so let me play devil's advocate real quick too. Let me play devil's advocate, not to right. be an asshole or anything like that. Let me just play devil's advocate.
0: You're an me. ass, but go ahead. <laughs> Jalen Hurts. Let's say
2: he gets out there in Friday's preseason game. He blows out his knee. He never plays another game again. Mm. The, that takes the Eagles from. I said on our show very on early in summer, maybe late spring, that the Eagles would win 10 games. Probably the fan coming out me more than my head was really thinking at the time. But say that happens. Say right? he doesn't play another down of football again. The Eagles have to go out there. They'll maybe they sign somebody else's scrub because they don't believe in Joe Flacco or whatnot. That relatively takes the Eagles from winning what, like six, seven games to like three, four games. I mean, it's not really that big of a difference. You have three first round yeah. picks next year. You use one of them on the best quarterback available. And you go from there. I mean, if you take, say you have Sam Howe right now, University of North Carolina, going into his last year, and you have him on the Eagles and you have Jalen Hurts on the University of North Carolina still, what's the difference? I feel like they're relatively similar to the quarterback. There's no way I can say and be like, okay, Jalen Hurts, yeah, he's got four games of NFL experience under his belt. That's what he's got over Sam Howe. But this is just a comparison. Like, I don't see how Sam Howe being on the Eagles right now from North Carolina would win win or lose X amount of games less than Jalen Hurts would. That's just my opinion. I don't see what Jalen Hurts gives you that you're like, wow, this guy can win a division. This guy can win me 12, 13 games. I mean, I know the team around yeah. him. I, I just don't see that individual star potential is my thing. I understand his supporting cast and his surrounding cast, whatever, might not be, you know, gold at this point. But at the end of the day, with him individually, I just don't have like that. You know, when we got Carson, when we got Carson, and maybe it's because Hurts was a second-round pick, Carson was a first-round pick. But you had that, you had that feel. You had that sense of urgency where it was like, wow, this could be something. You know, we just got to give him some time. I don't feel that yeah. hurts. I don't know if I don't know
1: if, if it if it gets to that point where Jalen Hurts cannot play uh, any more football already. Um, I mean that that really screws the organization uh, so much and in so many different ways because one, you can't even use him in a trade anymore. Uh, for Deshaun Watson, and then this team might as well bring back Tim Tebow as quarterback right. uh, and see how that goes because I, <laughs> Joe Flacco is not the answer. I he's not even the answer at number two um, from what he's been showing uh, right now. A comfortable number two. Going into preseason, uh, That I believe all, all three of us thought we were in a good position at quarterback uh, with the back of Joe Flacco and then Nick Mullins, and then Nick Mullins stunk up uh, the link so many times already, and he hasn't even played a regular season game for us yet. Bunch of low uh, life. It's just uh, not a good position to be in if Jalen Hurts is not the guy. So I understand you, you think we're we're putting a lot on um, Jalen Hurts, but that's because we have to. We, he, he has to work out at this point. And uh, yes, exactly, Tanner. You
0: hit the nail right on the head. Like I said, these backups ain't worth a damn. They really not. I'm sorry, Joe is washed up and done. All right, his he's, his career is basically over. And Nick Mullins, I'm sorry, didn't we beat a Nick Mullins led 49ers team in the previous season with a horrible Carson Wentz? If I'm not, if my memory serves me correctly, like, come on now, we do I think that we could, we probably need to start looking for a backup. Eh, I don't think the Eagles are going to be looking for a backup. I, I don't. I do I think they need to be. Yes. Do I do? Will they? No, they're paying. They're paying Joe Flacco about three, four million dollars this year. All right, he's going to be your backup quarterback. I mean, that's now you just you better
2: should be paying him less than one million. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you just better hope. Hoping...
2: I think they were. there's a couple guys, a couple teams, if I remember the reports, looking for Joe Flacco's services, and Eagles outbid the other two or three teams, whatever it may be. Yeah,
0: unfortunately. Yeah, um, that nonetheless. Works.
2: Let's uh, let's let's talk about the overall team now. Let's let's move away from Hertz and and, uh, and we'll come back to him if need be. But we want to obviously mention a couple of cuts here. The first one being Carryon Johnson cut. Surprisingly for me, I mean, I didn't hear too much about him in the preseason um, because if we talked about like how many guys were in that running back room. Jordan Howard and Kenny Gamewell, obviously, who's not going to be cut. But uh, on Johnson gets cut. A guy they brought in here and it was thinking, "Wow, okay, maybe he'll make the team um, as a third down back or rotational guy." But he can't really play special teams, which I think hurt. His uh, you know, his stock on this team. Um, not as not whole, only that, but
0: Carryon Johnson um also got hurt during um training camp as well. So that's right. what also did him in. Especially with how heavy this running back room is, and the way Jordan Howard has been performing in the preseason as well as training camp as well. Not to mention the fact that, like as you mentioned before, Kenny Gainwell is going to be a problem on this team. So I love look, I, I, I'll even go as far as saying this: um, Miles Sanders as the starter isn't necessarily a lock or a guarantee because from what i'm hearing kenny gainwell has been turning some heads and if miles sanders doesn't exec we all know how good of a runner how good of a running back specifically miles sanders is but if he doesn't work on those dropsies if he doesn't work on you know catching that ball out of the backfield kenny gainwell is going to come in and take his spot And I'm saying this right now.
2: He's one of my favorite guys in camp. I love this player. I think he's an excellent pass catcher. He's the best pass catching running back on the team. He's built, like, he's got speed. He he can get to the outside. I like him a lot. I'm with you on that, too. I I mean, if you want to call it a hot take, whatever you want to call it, you guys know that I'm not a huge Miles Sanders guy. I've never been a huge Miles Sanders guy. Not that he's a bad player. I think he's good. I just feel like as a second-round pick, we should have, that we deserved more than what we've gotten from him so far. Um, And I don't think he's come through. Now, game-wise, as a fourth, fifth-round pick, I think he's going to shatter that uh, value that we got him in. I think this guy is the real deal. He's got speed. He's got pass-catching ability. And that's what you need, right? You need pass-catching ability. And he's the best one we got on the team. Now, whether he can pass block, pass protection, that's another question. We'll see. The more opportunities he gets, we'll see how good he is. I know Jordan Howard's um, not horrible at it. Um, I'm not going to say I'm an expert at the techniques and like T, like you are. But Jordan Howard, he's been in the league six years. He's definitely been around. He's gotten the experience. He's, you know, been capable of pass blocking in the past. I'm not saying he's the best at it, but he can. Um, and we'll see Kenny Gainwell with his build. Maybe he's a little bit undersized and smaller than some of these guys that are, he's competing with for touches. But I love Gainwell. I really do. And Smith and Gainwell, it's probably my two favorites on this team going into the year with their ceilings. So, I mean, they, they could literally shatter their ceilings or they can possibly
0: get to talent-wise. I I completely agree with you, and it's not really an odd take. I listen, Kenny Gane. Well, it, it is a possibility, and I'm sorry, but you know, Miles Sanders has had trouble with dropping balls not only in the previous season but also in these practices as well. So if it continues, look, I, I wouldn't be surprised if you start seeing more snaps going to Jordan Howard and Kenny Gangwell. Do not be surprised if you see shot. that. Maybe you even use him in the slot a little bit. Actually, yeah. Actually, yeah. That's, that's the crazy part about Kenny Gangwell. You can use him in the slot because he's basically like another receiver. And he's quick like a receiver. He's got route running ability. So Kenny Gainwell is going to present some matchup nightmares um, for this offense. So it's a possibility you're going to see Kenny Gangwell out there a
1: lot. Yeah, who I liked and highlighted from the last preseason game against the Patriots was Holyfield, actually. We were Lies sticking on the running back topic. But they it, even though it was in garbage time at that point, I mean the whole the whole game basically was garbage time. Uh, just about when it went up to three scores. That's that's when um players really started getting opportunities to get out there. And, and show what they have, but um, towards the end of the game, I mean, he, he rushed four times over 30 yards. Um, he had a couple catches, uh, so he can catch. Um, they can really use him as a utility guy as well um, over there, so this team's in good position running back-wise. Mm-hmm. Now, we could... Um, now we could kind of be jinxing ourselves here because we know how this Eagles team goes with injuries at running back. specifically. You have Jordan Howard, who a player who I really like, but just hasn't really been working out that great. Um, on the Eagles now, he's still a guy that I that I personally would enjoy having on this team and watching play because he used to be he's a tank. He takes over like the Legarrett Blunt yes. um option. Over there, and you have Miles Sanders, who Miles Sanders, who I think is a, is a great running back, and he's he's shown some flashes. And I know Max isn't isn't really on board with that, but I think Sanders, with a little more, you know, a little more years under his belt now, um, he's going to have that opportunity to show what he really has. But he's always going to have competition at the running back position, especially when he's on the Eagles. And how the Eagles go, it's, what, six deep um, on this roster right now? Yep. Um, So there's a lot of guys really fighting for that 3-4 at this point still.
2: It's frustrating. I just hate that we're not hitting on these other round picks. I mean, that's also tied to Miles Sanders. I think I deserve more out of Miles Sanders than where we got him. I think drafting Leonard Dickerson as an injury-prone offensive lineman when we really don't have any depth on the offensive line was – a uh, questionable decision. J.J. white whiteside we know what we got in him. Um, and then guys that you hit on later, obviously, Jalen Mills, and hopefully Kenny Game will be there too. There, I mean, there's guys that we get later on, and um, we'll see what a couple of these defensive tackles that, that we picked up later on in the draft. It was just the early-round misses that Howie Roseman's really caused me my pain and my discomfort because it's frustrating. Davion Taylor, another guy, listen, he was having a good camp early on. He, was. he gets hurt. He's going to miss some time. But, we'll. I mean, this is – I mean, it's not his fault. It's just the swings and the misses on the two, three, fourth-round picks.
0: Now, it's funny that you're mentioning these draft picks because, you know, as we move on to the defensive side of the ball, Milt Williams, you know, he's not only just showing out, you know, in these preseason games, as you guys have seen, uh, but he's, he's been performing in training camp as well. Milton Williams is going to be a serious problem on this already talented defensive line. And the crazy part about Milton Williams is that you can basically move him all around. As you've guys seen, probably he's not just playing, you know, that defensive tackle spot. They're moving him to defensive end as well. It's that versatility. And you know that's I, I'm noticing a pattern with that in this Jonathan Gannon uh, defensive scheme where they want versatile guys to kind of move around and see exactly where the weakness is on the opposing team's offensive line. And I like things like that i like players that are versatile and that you know you can move around and 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 experiment with things with and listen people i'm gonna tell you this right now um i think this defense is going to be very uh first off it's going to be a hybrid defense because i've seen variations of three four and four three all right so you guys know i'm 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 a freak about that like i I love that I, i love versatility on the defensive side of the ball and I don't think we've seen truly what this defense is going to do I truly don't I think we've seen the bare minimum and for me that's exciting
2: what about what can you tell me about Jacoby Stevens too Steve? this is a guy I was pretty excited about coming out of LSU I know he was kind of about one of those hybrid players bigger safety undersized linebacker type of guy he can kind of play both. Do you expect him to get on the field besides special teams at all?
0: It's going to be hard for Jacoby Stevens to get on the field because you still have Alex Singleton at the regular linebacker spot, and then you also have Eric Wilson, who's going to be your Mike linebacker going forward. Um, there could be a spot for Jacoby Stevens. Um, I'm not gonna roster. Uh, on the roster, uh, at this current moment, it's kind of hard to say. It's kind of hard to say because, one, I don't 100% know what the defensive scheme is going to look like. Two, though – one thing to go in favor of Jacoby Stevens is everybody's looking for that hybrid safety um, corner linebacker guy. So that's Jacoby Stevens' um, forte. However, I don't know what this scheme is going to look like. I don't know what his role is going to be. It could be possible. But for right now, um, from what I'm not really hearing too much of anything, he hasn't really flashed. So I'm going to say sure. right now it, he's probably going to be regulated to special teams. Oh,
2: that's a good or bad thing. You know, you don't hear from him. But, I mean, do you want to hear from him? I mean, like, did he do something? Did
0: he mess something up? So, I mean, what about my guy Zach McPherson? I know he got cooked by Nick. I was Harry about to say, to see, this right. See, what? what happened to Zach McPherson in that um, Patriots game last week is a prime Absolutely example him. of why you do not put a slot corner on the freaking outside. That is the reason right there. Zach McPherson is not a outside corner. He is a slot corner corner keep him in the slot if you put him on the outside you've seen what the results are i'm I sorry he's not even that good he's
2: it, not even that good of a receiver he just literally ran right by him it's he didn't it, catch the ball but
0: it's the it same close. it's the same thing that we can com- been complaining about year in a year out with avante maddox do not put these slot guys on the outside listen if you guys have to pick up another outside corner then so be it Hey, I'll, I checked out the waiver wire yesterday. Guess who's available? Russell Douglas. Not a bad corner. Bring him in. That's all I'm saying. Doesn't help. I mean, doesn't hurt. Joe Flash
2: in Carolina last year, but that is a name that doesn't really stick with us too well. So how are you going to sell that to the fan base?
0: It's not about selling. We already have our outside corners at this point. It's about making sure that you have a backup for your outside corners. Because otherwise, you're you're putting slot guys on the outside. And that's not a good result. You're not going to like that.
2: let's go real quick here. A couple more notes. Uh, I'll throw it to Tanner if we get his final word on this before we move it on because obviously we want to get to the Ben Simmons thing as the show winds on here. Tanner, final thoughts on the birds and see you as well.
1: My final thoughts on on the birds is that they are going to do better than we think they're doing. Um, This preseason is not going to have shown what this team can actually do. Of course, you haven't had Jalen Hurts, and we just talked about it. Um, but I think this team can still be, I think they can be a seven, eight win team. Um, and that's what I'm going to, I'm going to say that going into the season. Um, now we all had our schedule predictions, um, months ago, but I think that this team has a lot of surprising depth. I say surprising because there's guys that we really haven't heard of yet that are going to make a name for themselves in the city. And that's just my prediction
0: so my thing is this i've i've been fielding calls you know on wip since i've gotten back and i've been listening and you know hearing people what they've got to say about you know the entire team and the preseason and all that i'm like look look guys uh, i understand this is you guys are concerned especially after the patriots whoop the eagles ass look it's preseason guys first off the entire offensive scheme hasn't even been revealed yet. As you've seen, Nick Sirianni has a history and has been with teams that run the football. It's not a coincidence that they've had all these running that they have all these running backs on the roster. The reason being, the running back is going to be a major feature. In the offensive scheme, the issue is they're just not trying to show their hand. This is preseason. Same thing with the defense. All right? I can almost guarantee you, like, they're showing basic looks right now. But once we get full swing into the regular season, you're going to start seeing some exotic schemes. You're going to start seeing some exotic looks. This is preseason, people. Relax. We don't need to see the starters, necessarily. We don't need Nick Sirianni to show off his entire hand to the NFL. It's preseason. Got a couple more weeks of the regular season, people. Just relax. One more so, preseason you know, like again, game. See, I like a roller coaster
2: here. You know why? Because you're trying to calm the nerves that fill off the Eagles sports fans. But relax. the next topic we're going to get into is going to raise the tensions just back up a little bit higher. Oh, so we got to touch on Ben Timmons. We've got to yeah. touch on some more offseason videos about him. I'm sick of this. Plays. Getting guarded by five foot four guys, kind of dribble past them and dunk on <sighs> nobody. So, I think uh, this just makes me uh, not like Ben Simmons more, you know, because it's I, I know he knows what he's doing, and at the same time, I hope he notices it because it's not coming from his personal account. I know it's like Chris Johnson hoops, whatever, his personal trainer and things like that with the summer runs out in Los Angeles or whatever. But as a Sixer fan, the fact that he's not traded yet, the unknowns of what's going to happen here. We, we thought everything was heating up early on, maybe about a month ago. Things since then have died down. I don't know what's on Daryl Morey's mind right now. I really don't. I don't know if he's still monitoring the Damian Lillard situation. I don't know if he's, you know, trying to get more out of maybe the Kings or the Warriors or something like that. Me personally, I'm thinking maybe he's trying to go for that that home run, that grand slam, superstar. And then if, as we get closer to the season, if that just doesn't come to fruition, he'll go for that second tier player. But. I I just, at this point, just had enough enough of this guy. I mean, once he didn't dunk that basketball, I think we're all on the same page when it comes to Ben Simmons and when we're out with him. But you can't just go in the gym and start shooting threes like it's nothing and then come out and and not show it in the regular season. Um, And I I think we're all just over it at this point.
0: I hear everybody's frustration and trust me and believe me, I'm I'm frustrated, too. I'm so glad Tanner hasn't sent me any videos like he traditionally would. But here's the thing, people, and I understand everybody has the Tanner mentality of what's he here for. I understand all that. and Trust me. I feel the exact same way. Here's the issue. For one thing in terms of Damian Lillard, it, from what I'm hearing, Damian Lillard has bought into the Portland Trailblazers' idea of having Chauncey Billups as their head coach. So he's going to stay in Portland for the time being. Here's the thing, people, and I said this. I said this as soon as the season was over. If you think for one second that Daryl Morey is going to have this dynamic superstar deal that we can just get rid of Ben Simmons just like that, you're crazy and you're out of your mind. I said this from the beginning. First and foremost, Ben Simmons is a damn near max player. That presents an issue in and of itself because who the hell is going to pay that much money for a player that doesn't shoot? That's issue number one nobody's going to take on nobody wants to take on that contract Two, the the nba knows the type of player that he is now so with all that being said it's, it's no secret who ben simmons is i don't give a damn what he does against high schoolers i don't give a damn how many threes that he shoots in a damn video that doesn't equate to the nba court game i don't give a damn and guess what The other NBA franchises don't give a damn either. You're not going to get a crazy deal for Ben Simmons. I've said this time and time again. I've said this coming out of the season. You're not going to get a crazy deal for Ben Simmons. Everybody knows who Ben Simmons is at this point. You're not getting another superstar. So, all that being said... Here's why I agree with Daryl Morey, not moving Ben Simmons. Because look here, I don't give a damn if Ben Simmons is frustrated with the team. What the hell are you got to be frustrated for? We're frustrated with you we, we, because we put all our faith into you. Some people even put more faith into you than Joel Embiid. And you still haven't performed or and improved your game to the point where you have become an asset on the offensive end. Now you become a liability. And these other NBA teams see it. So you're not going to move him for anything. Daryl Morey can't move him for the pieces that everybody's dreaming of. He just can't do it. Why? Because Ben Simmons has no damn value. And I guarantee you this is going to happen. Ben Simmons is not going to be traded this offseason. We're going to go into the season with Ben Simmons on this 76ers team, period. Unfortunately, that's just goes. That's just goes. Uh, that's goes.
2: Uh, I'm, All right, Tanner, I'm Tanner, come on, save us here. Save us. Tell, tell me he's gone.
1: He's not. I got news for you, Philly fans. Welcome back to the trade drama, off-season trade drama. We had it with the Eagles. Welcome to the Sixers uh, drama. Ben Simmons, Max, eh, this isn't going to get better, this no. conversation. Ben Simmons is staying as a 76er for this this year. That's, that's hey. what I don't want it to happen. Um, I'm done with MT. I'm not sending you any more of those shitty videos of Please Ben don't. Simmons shooting a three-point in the YMCA gym or Planet <laughs> Fitness, wherever the hell he's playing at. <laughs> Um, oh, you piece of Swiss but, cheese. I mean, you see the offers, which I do like from Daryl Morey, seeing the the kind of just ridiculous offers he's making because he, he's telling people, you know, unless I get a James Harden type deal, which uh, the 76ers could have got last season. But that whatever, we're not talking about that anymore. Mm. Um, you have Daryl Morey offering a Ben Simmons for. Uh, Andrew Wiggins, James Wiseman, and four first-round picks, you know that's not going to happen. No. no way in hell um, Ben Simmons is going to the Warriors for that. Um, that, that just that, – that was a, it was good for the Warriors to decline that. Um, they know who they're dealing with. And Ben Simmons, for the relationship between him and the team to be beyond repair, which we've heard that uh, with Carson Wentz and the Eagles, um, this time I don't think the player in question is going to move teams. I think maybe we'll see a type of blockbuster deal um, before the trade deadline, but as far as I'm concerned, Ben Simmons is going to be a 76ers um, when that season starts up again, and Joel Embiid is not going to be in a good place um, because you have him who was coming off the best season, uh, the best season of his career, uh, and then getting injured, still playing through, putting his all into the game and having the knucklehead of a teammate Ben Simmons just completely blow it, not go for the dunk in Game 7 against the Atlanta Hawks and have Trey Young prance about Wells Fargo Center like he's the man. Embiid's um, not going to want to go through that again, but I'll tell you what, he he will because um, he he's he represents Philly so well. And I'm glad that he's on the team. I'm not glad that Ben Simmons is going to be on the team.
2: I understand the contract situation. I definitely get that. You got to find a partner that's going to be able to somehow make that money work, whether it be for multiple players, we get back in return. I don't think the draft picks would work. Here's my thing. I don't think he can get traded once the season started. And here's why, because the Eastern conference is such a terrible conference in general. And when you have guys like Simmons, who's a regular season player, we know that even though he doesn't shoot and who's the best big man in the game and Tobias Harris, a very serviceable wing that's going to guarantee you probably a top four or five seed off the bat. So you're not going to go to the trade deadline and say, hey, you know what, we're the four seed, the three seed in the East right now. I we're hear you. Trade away Simmons in a blockbuster trade. That's kind of where my issue lies. If you're, you know, an eight seed, if you're seven or if you're a nine, whatever, and you're kind of on the bubble of making the playoffs, and you say, you know what, let's pack it in, let's sell Simmons and regroup for next season, understandable. But when you have Joel Embiid on your team, you're never going to be, 7-8 C. The worst are gonna be yeah, a Six, a
1: five, six. It, it, It's a great point by you, definitely. I and I, I see where you're coming from, but you make that trade if you want to be a better team than a four or five seed. Now they were the first seed, but if the, the Sixers want improvement and just get past the second round um finally, they need to make a they need to make a trade. And and they know what has to be done. They know Ben Simmons has to be on there.
0: I agree they so, need to I agree they, to they be need like to make a
1: Jimmy Butler deal then like how we got Butler earlier, early on in the season, maybe a deal like that
2: where he was, you know, a disgruntled star wanted out and we went out there and got him because you're not going to have, you're not going to be able to trade with another contender. That's kind of where the warriors come into play. You think Portland will be in contention. You're going to have to find a team like the Kings who you would think by mid season are out of playoff contention at that point, And probably would be willing to sell, uh, for a rebuild, because at this point, if they're terrible again this year, which you would think they would be, that's going to be how many years in a row have they missed the playoffs? Like a, a bunch, right? So you would think maybe they would be open to the fact that they would want to rebuild and maybe trade for a Simmons and give up like a Tyrese Halliburton or a Buddy Healed. I don't know if they would give up Fox, but that's that could be something that you can monitor because Fox's contract works out, which T was saying earlier. And
0: that's the scenario, I actually. Yeah, that's the exact scenario I was trying to uh, also map out as well. Was that? You know, you go into the season, you're going to have to go into the season with Ben Simmons, it's going to happen. So, your best bet scenario is to trade him during the season because you never know what what team who had expectations of being good, now all of a sudden they're not exactly good. Like, for example, all last season we kept hearing from the Washington Wizards that Bradley Bill was disgruntled, he was frustrated right. with the team, and, you know, he was available for via trade. So, it's scenarios like that. Or, shoot, maybe the Portland Trailblazers Portland Trail do come out, and they're not exactly lighting it up. And Damian Lillard wants out. Same scenario with the as you described with the Sacramento Kings with De'Aaron Fox and Buddy Hield. So it's not a bad thing to have Ben Simmons going into the regular season. It's not. It's just that he can't stay on this team. Like he cannot be an important part of this team. He just can't at this point. The relationship has been severed. And I'm sorry. I don't know what the hell Ben Simmons is frustrated about because everybody has handled him and coddled him like a little freaking child. I don't know what the hell he's frustrated about. But as fans, as the Sixers organization, and on behalf of Joel Embiid, I know we're all frustrated with Ben Simmons. So as much as everybody wants him out, he's not going to be out anytime soon. We're going to go into the season with him. Now, what happens during the regular season? Don't know. But
2: just they have to make a move. They, yeah. they, they Look what they've done in the offseason compared to other teams. You know, Brooklyn's gotten healthy right? Brooklyn's gotten healthy this season. Kyle Lowry to the Miami Heat, Victor Oladipo back healthy next year. He'll be with the Miami Heat. Other teams around us have improved. Um, Even, you know, obviously uh, Kemba Walker getting traded. You can look at that as a positive for Boston, getting him off the books uh, contract wise. So other teams around us have improved and we just, what did we do? Resign Furkan and draft Jaden Springer, Uh, Dwight Howard's obviously gone and we got Andre Drummond. So, I guess you can look at that as a, a small improvement, however you want. I know Andre Drummond's a pretty pulverizing guy. You either kind of like him like I do. I think he's a solid player. Or you hate him and think all he does is get rebounds. I mean, you could look at it either way. But he's still young, and and he's going to just play rotational minutes behind that beat. I understand that. But we haven't made a big move, uh, big enough to really push us. I mean, we don't, we got bumped out of the second round last year, and we didn't really make a huge improvement to change that. So that's kind of where my frustration lies, because we have to make a move. The other teams around us in the Eastern Conference – um, have made, you know, have made moves. But PJ Tucker's in Miami Heat as well. I understand the Bucks lost him, but the Bucks are still top two, maybe even the top seed in the East going into next year.
0: It's crazy. It, it really is. Um, yeah, and you're absolutely correct. That's a scary part. Everybody else around you has improved, but what the hell have you really done to improve? I mean, look, we were the number one seed going into the playoffs, but the reality is we're really not a number one seed team. That's the that's the that's the thing. The Brooklyn Nets should have yeah. been the number one seed if they didn't have all those injuries. Yeah. That was the true number one seed. for Pharrell, Pharrell, we might be a, a three or four seed at this point with the way this roster is the built.
2: The Knicks, the Knicks got Campbell Walker. Um, you know, I, I understand that's not a you know big time. Thing. I mean, I'm just saying they're getting star power. They're getting they're getting they named. Are. They're trying to improve their team. Bradley Beal staying in um, Washington. They get rid of Russell Westbrook. You can honestly, a lot of people hate Russell Westbrook. They think he's a stat pattern. So you can look at that in a, as, in a positive light. You know what I mean? So there's different ways to look at these things. Um and and from the Hawks re-signing John Collins, they've kind of, you know, kept their core intact. I mean, going to the Eastern Conference finals last year, uh, healthy Trey Young. I know he rolled his ankle. That kind of, you know, hurt his chances of being able to produce at a high level. These guys are that, that's the frustrating thing. So if you're saying, see, say that we're not going to be able to make a trade in this offseason still. And no. We're gonna have to wait till the regular season starts yep. to make a deal. Yeah, you, you got got to hope somebody out there is willing to pay up, or at least give you something where you can take. And it's not like you're not not saying we're gonna rebuild, but almost like a retool. You got to have at least one bona fide guy back in return. To t- first of all take over the point guard position, unless you get a ridiculous leap from Tyrese Maxey in year two, where he might be able to take over the reins. Um, as long as he has the supporting cast around him, like if you get a Buddy Healed in a trade, and you have Buddy Healed, Joel, and Tobias Harris, is that going to be enough to put Maxi in there and say, hey, Maxi, get get these guys their own buckets and then also get yours at the same time? So th- that's where you kind of have to weigh both sides of the coin.
0: Unfortunately, yeah, we're, we're going to go into the season with Ben Simmons, as fortunate as it is. I predicted that. And you just better hope there's a superstar out there that gets disgruntled during the season, because that's the only way you're going to be able to move Ben Simmons. That's the only way Daryl Morgan is going to move yeah. Ben Simmons. Uh, I mean you're right, and it, and it could
2: happen. You know how people get disgruntled in the league these days, especially if they're in a poor um, organization. And uh, on that note, I don't want to I don't want to go from from bad to worse, but I have to yeah, because is. Phillies are going from you know good and then well, I guess you could say bad to good to bad, and now worse again <laughs> because their past week has just been mediocre, like they've kind of been all year long, and all of a sudden the Braves, who we thought would losing Ronald Acuna Jr. would not be able to maintain their offensive firepower. But with the, off, with, or with the trade deadline moves that they were able to make, adding a couple of bats to their lineup, uh, keep the power going, they've been hitting a ton of home runs. I know they got, got beat by the Yankees the other night, and they, that, that snapped their nine-game winning streak. But at this point, being four and a half back of the Braves now, uh, with the Braves clearly having a better roster, I just don't see at this point how the Phillies, um, with their inconsistent hitting um, and their starting pitching, which hasn't been awful, their relief pitching, which hasn't been great but hasn't been awful, it's for me the real real struggle has been the bats. You, you know, Alec gets sent down to AAA because of how poor he's been playing. D.D. Gregorius is still playing basically every day, and he's barely hitting around 200, which is just embarrassing. You're talking about a guy getting paid 15 to 16 million dollars a year, and he's going to hit what fifth or sixth in the middle of your lineup, and you know, hit 200. I, that that's unacceptable. Um, and overall, you're you're relying on Bryce, who's having an MVP caliber year, but when he's the only one in your lineup producing. I'm, you're not going to win too many baseball games. And that's where the frustration lies with JT, who's having an okay season. I want more from him offensively, um, but he hasn't been able to really do that. I think he might be getting tired this late in the year. So many factors with this team right now. And with around six fifty to 60 games left, I'm just not sure that they're going to be able to win this division.
0: Yeah, I'm sorry. You know, everybody else was getting excited when the Phillies had gotten the first place around the time before I, before I took off. Before we all took off for vacation. Um. Yeah, the Phillies had gotten into first place, and everybody's excited. You know, everybody was talking about postseason baseball and things of that nature. And I'm just sitting there going, "I'm sorry, I, I I was one of the negative people, and unfortunately, I I hate to say that I was right, but I was right. This this Phillies team is inconsistent. I'm sorry, they're just way too inconsistent for me to believe in. I'm it, like, even if the bats go crazy like they did during that streak, I still have to worry about the bullpen. And now we're in a situation where we're back in second place behind the Braves. I think we're three and a half or four games out and we can't hit all of a sudden. All right. We have issues during for our lineup. We've always had issues in the bullpen. That's all. That's weird. That's never going to change this season, at least. So uh, what, what were they doing for me to believe in them? Like that, that's what I go back to. There was nothing that they were, that they were doing to help to have me believe in them. They were beating teams that they were supposed to beat. And then you start losing against the teams that you were supposed to beat. You were supposed to be getting, the Phillies were supposed to be getting momentum during this stretch of their season because they're going up against teams that aren't necessarily um, world beaters. Okay? They're not doing that. They're not beating the teams that they're supposed to beat. This is a, this is, the part of their uh the part of their schedule that was supposed to be easy, that was supposed to launch them into the playoffs and they can't even beat teams such as the Arizona Diamondbacks. That's an issue. I'm, I'm sorry. I can't get behind this team and I refuse to get behind this team. I don't care what this team does. I don't care if they even make the playoffs. It does not matter to me because I know what, who this team truly
1: is. Now I'm gonna try to look on the bright side of things, um, while you two doomsayers continue. Hey, yeah. um, I mean, rightfully so. The sky is falling. Um, bagging this team because they deserve it. But uh, I'm looking at the Phillies winning this series against the Padres, and then after the Rays, the Phillies have a pretty easy schedule. Now I'm not looking at you know how how the Phillies most likely will um drop a couple of those easy games but you go to the Braves who are four games ahead but that could easily change because they have the Giants the Dodgers um a back-to-back series uh, I believe and then you have the Padres later um down the line and I think they the, the Phillies and the Braves game. play each other yeah they have a rough schedule um, don't, don't look past that rough schedule that the Braves had, um, this, the Phillies could be back in first place in a week and a half. Um, if, if everything goes perfectly fine, um, probably more than a week and a half, but, um, I'm, I'm trying to look on the brighter side of this Phillies. you know, I know earlier in the season, um, it, it was, it looked like the Phillies were just playing out done. Um, They they picked up their play. Like T said, when we were on vacation, the the Phillies team, they were hot. I went to that, the series against the pirates when it was the worst Phillies baseball that I've seen in quite some time after that, they picked it up. Um, They just have the, I believe the rays are first overall in the entire MLB um, that they have. I'll be at that game tonight. um, Watching this Phillies team. I'll probably go home disappointed, but you know what? It's, the, temp, the, the Rays are a good team. All right, We can't just keep getting down on the Phillies because they're losing to great teams. This is a team that just needs to make the playoffs to impress the fans. So we're not... This team knows that they're not going ahead and winning the World Series, no. but they're sure as hell going to try. But their real main goal is making postseason baseball after, I believe, um, it, it's been what? It, it, it's been 11 years, has it been? Something like that. It's been 11 years yeah, um, since postseason Phillies baseball. So I'm going to be uh, – I'm I'm looking for this team to really um, go down the stretch and succeed, uh, win all these – not all of them, but most of the series and uh, make a push for that postseason. Got to make sure that second class is out of the way first before you enjoy that game, I'm sure. <laughs> sure but, uh,
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah, Overall, I think. listen uh, i'm not going to throw my this is where i want to kind of bring up the freddie galvis point because when we first got freddie galvis at the trade deadline we were looking for that big move And obviously we got kyle gibson just wait went eight innings over the weekend you got ian kennedy a closer right that was that was the big move of the day the underrated slash who cares really was the freddie galvis move but the fact that dd gregorius is playing poorly he's not hitting he's really not fielding obviously you're going to get freddie galvis back from the il very shortly He's a guy I would plug into the starting lineup immediately just because of his defense. I mean, I know he's not a world beater out there, but he's definitely a hell of a lot better defender than DD Gregorius is. You never know what he can do with his baddies. You know, he's always hit around 240, 250, not great, but Hey, that's 40 points higher uh, than what Didi Gregorius has given you. And then you have Ronnie Torres at third base and Reese Hoskins coming back with his hair on fire off the IL two home runs over the weekend. And then you have Odubo Herrera who all of a sudden has been swinging a hot bat. So with all that kind of combined, you have Sam Coonrod, who, listen, the first two months of the season we were looking at Sam Coonrod with an ERA under one and a possible all-star appearance. Now, he he gets beat around a couple games, obviously lands on the IL as well, but he's going to be coming back hopefully within the next week. And a guy that none of us kind of remember, well, I shouldn't say that, but definitely forgot about possibly, is Zach Eflin. Zach Eflin out on a rehab assignment right now at double A you're going to get him back to the rotation soon. So th- my whole point is, if you're going to take any positives away, like Tanner was trying to look at, you don't have to rely on Vince Velasquez of the world anymore. You probably yes. won't have to rely on Matt Moore anymore once we get Zach Eflin back in the rotation. Uh, shores up your your starting pitchers um, overall. Your bullpen with a finally a legit closer, I guess you could say, in the back end with a couple of middle relievers sprinkling. I know Alvarado's been banged up with some shoulder inflammation. Hopefully that's not too, too serious and he can get back soon. Um, because, I mean, when he's on and he's right, you know, he's basically untouchable with his fastball, but he's just very, very wild. So there's there's like three or four names in that bullpen that, I'm not saying you can rely on, but when they're out there, it's not like last season where you thought they had no chance. So your pitching overall isn't the worst. I mean, it's probably middle of the pack. As long as your hitting can kind of be above average with Hoskins coming back, is playing better defense, hopefully, than DD and a cutch who's you know, still – that knee injury, I feel like it's still bothering him a little bit, but overall it's been relatively solid. Uh, hopefully, with all that combined, they'll be able to at least stay neck and neck with the Braves down the stretch, and hopefully this is where the schedule lies because this is literally what I've been relying on the whole the whole time. I'm not even going to lie. I just like the schedule the Rockies, the Cubs. I mean, these the shitty teams that we still have to play, I'm relying on that because we got to beat up on these guys, and then we go out there to, and lose three to the Diamondbacks. So my head's spinning in all different
0: directions. See, that's the thing, Max. We're 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 not winning the series that we're supposed to win, and that's the part that frustrates me. That's the part of me that's like, why should I believe in this team? Like, I don't care how close we are to the Braves. I don't care how difficult the Braves' um, uh, rest of the season is. I don't care about any of that. I'm looking at the Philadelphia Phillies, their roster right now, the way they're playing. Why should I believe in this team? I don't. I'm sorry, I don't. You can call me at Debbie Downer all okay. you want. You can call me uh, nah, see, that,
1: Nancy. That's fine and all, but I don't want to see you wearing a Phillies playoff hat uh, 2021 uh, if, if things go well for this team. You've already signed off, and that's on record now. You know what? Stamp it right
0: now. I'd like to thank the Philadelphia Phillies for participating in the 2021 MLB season. They're not making the playoffs.
2: Boy, do I hope they make the playoffs now. Uh, yeah. Just so I can keep this on recording.
0: Okay, that's fine. We can go back yeah, to this recording. Yeah, we'll,
1: we'll be posting this on our story if um, <laughs> if things go well for the Phillies.
0: That's fine. If things go well for the Phillies, that's perfectly fine. Listen, I'll, I'll Listen, I'll eat my words, okay? I'm a, I enough. will eat my words. However, it's not going to happen. So, until then, the both of you. You better
1: can, get a fork, T. You better get a fork.
0: <laughs> well, until then, the both of you can straight up. Listen, Shut the F up for life. That's what the both of you two can do. <laughs>
2: Listen, we'll see what happens. I'm, I'm with this team. They're obviously the number one sport in the city. For me, always have been, always will be. Uh, but, again, I'll give you – if there's anything – you I mean, I know we've been gone a couple of weeks. Anything else you guys want to get on your chest as we wrap this show up, please be my guest. But that, on that point for me, I think I'm done. I'm, I'm putting the stamp down. I'm going to get ready to enjoy this Phil's Rays game tonight.
0: Yeah, dude, you're going to enjoy it. I'm just going to watch it because I have to. <laughs> but listen, um, listen, people just need, need to tamper down in terms of football. Just relax. This is preseason. Regular season is coming, people. and everybody's excited for football. Just, just relax. It's going to happen. And the Phillies ain't making the playoffs. Oh, the Phillies are not making the playoffs. I'm sorry. It's just not going to happen.
1: Whatever. You'll see me on TV catching a home run ball tonight too.
0: <laughs> okay. Okay. I'll hold you to that. I will hold you to that.
2: All right. bringing on the next show is memorabilia. <laughs>
0: yeah. With all that being said, if you guys miss any of this episode, you can always go to philly com. We are available on all major downloadable platforms, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube. You can catch us live on Twitch as well. The entire Shabazz. It's good to be back. Boys, this is going to be an interesting football season. And you guys are going to eat your words because the Phillies aren't making the playoffs. And I'm calling it right now. I'm, I'm sorry. They're just they're not making the playoffs. I don't care what the you are Talking about the fight and stay. Yeah, okay. They're going to they're be fighting for mediocrity because that's exactly what they're going to do. Get off the box!
2: Because that guy doesn't yeah. know what the hell he's doing.
1: You dumbass.
2: We know it's hard.
0: Woo! I want me some glory, ho.